Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining today's podcast, which is a continuation of our podcast series on topics ranging from the creation of an end-to-end payment accuracy program to developing a modern medical network. I'm Philip Cardona, and I'll be your host for today's discussion. And I'm joined by Sally Love Conley, SVP and General Manager of Member Communications here at Change Healthcare. Today, our topic will focus on communications and the tools and technology available to health plans to help improve the member experience through digital communication and other traditional means. Sally, before we get started, can you please share a little with our listeners about yourself and your role here at Change Healthcare? Sure, thanks very much. Hey, I'm Sally Love Connolly, and uh, I'm the general manager for our communications business. Um, Excited to have the conversation with you guys today. I work for a business that supports both the payer communications as well as the provider communications. Um, And what that means is that we're basically providing um, services to the payer and the provider markets that will reach their, to outreach to their members and to their patients in terms of all different types of communications, everything from your uh, the members EOBs uh, to their uh, annual notifications of change to their premium statements, uh, ID cards, that sort of thing as far as and for the provider side of the house, we support the provider's revenue cycle management in general by providing statements, collection letters and that sort of thing. Um, key to our services is being able to to connect with our our, our payments businesses, um, both the um, both the payer side and the provider side to, I think, to drive um, greater transparency uh, for the members and for the patients in terms of their their fan- financial responsibilities and to help provide, um, I think, uh, with that greater transparency and understanding that uh, allows them to to take appropriate actions for, um, for payment. Great. Thanks, Sally. And, you know, before we get to kind of the actual meat and potatoes of communications, emails, printed, et cetera, et cetera. You know, something that's come up in some recent conversations that I've had with customers that, you know, maybe I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, which might be a little bit of a pivot would be uh, security and compliance, right? I was on a customer call and that was really something that they wanted, you know, to be honest with you, it surprised me a little bit. I was ready to talk about feature and functionality, right? And they said, well, talk to me about security, talk to me about FISMA, high and, and those types of certs. Could you share with our listeners, um, you know, Change Healthcare's kind of stance there and why that's so important, I guess, from the customer's perspective? Sure. Well, if you think about it, a lot of the, a lot of the information that we're sharing, um, you know, is personal health information. And, uh, and a lot of the information that we're sharing for the members is also um, regulated from a communications perspective, meaning that um, CMS has outlined or provided specific guidelines around the timing in which those communications have to be received. Um, and it's imperative that, you know, as you're working through that you're providing um, the communications in a secure environment. So if you're thinking about how our servers are set up, they have to be they have to be compliant. They have to be um, incredibly secure. They need to be redundant. Um, so that we can meet both of the, you know, both the, um, I think the, the requirements around ensuring that they can't be breached. Um, we also need to be able to ensure that our production facilities are also operating in the highest levels of security um, to ensure that, you know, at no point along the line as we are touching the communications and then getting it into the mail stream, is there any chance for it to be um, 
I guess, breached in any, in any way. So uh, both our server environments as well as our production environments operate at the highest level of security. Um, and we continue to evaluate um, you know, both those environments on an ongoing basis to ensure that we are uh, continuing to provide that level of security. Um, and if you're thinking about, you know, uh, whether you're a payer or whether you're a provider, having that degree of confidence about the fact that the people who are handling your data um, that is going to go out to their members are doing it in the highest secure fashion as possible is really a, uh, I think, a comfort and one of the things that is just um, essential for any communication service provider to be able to state that they do. Yeah, it almost it almost feels like table stakes a little bit um, around just offering itself and, you know, people use the phrase, you don't want to be on the, you know, on the cover of the Wall Street Journal, right in a bad way. Exactly. <laughs> All right, of, of exactly. some of this stuff, maybe in a good way, but not not in this particular area. So, um, well, I, I guess, you know, it's really interesting, Philip, that you say it's table stakes, but I would say that if you probe, you know, it, it for, uh, it's important that as you're thinking about um, the solutions that your solutions vendor is providing for you, that you really do probe on the types of security that they're operating in, you know, and how secure they actually are. And are they meeting the levels of trust that your, um, that your organization is requiring? So you, you think about it as table stakes and we, we approach it as table stakes, but it's imperative to those customers that they do make sure that they are constantly asking about that and ensuring that they're, Partners are, I think, continuing to evolve in the programs that they're taking as far as the security. I mean, when you think about our info uh, sec organization inside Change Healthcare, it's you know it's top of the line in terms of the industry in terms of assuring that our solutions that we're bringing into market reach that highest level of security. Yeah, well, I guess you know anyone with a PowerPoint and some editing software can make things look pretty and nice and you know, on a presentation. And then at the end of the day, it's kind of, you, yeah, you get into the weeds a little bit and that security is a big part of the, the partnership kind of on a long-term basis. So, um, you know, just curious there, because again, it came up in real time in a customer call I had, but, you know, going back to a little bit, you mentioned around just communications itself, the end user, it, you know, um, something, you know, as my own self, as a consumer of healthcare, you know, you get all, you know, what I would consider a lot of mail, right? A lot of mail and some of it you look at, some of it you don't, unfortunately. Um, you know, and there's kind of this industry push, it feels like to move more to a digital domain, digital first type of environment. You know, do you see that? Um, well, one, do you agree, right? Kind of that, that transformation, that shift to digital, but also two, you know, if so, do you feel like that's that's happening as quickly as you would expect, not as quickly as you expect, or kind of just right aligned, right? What are you, you know, based on what you're seeing in the marketplace? I'm just curious if um, to get your thoughts there. Yeah, I think we, you know, we both live in in the modern world where our digital experiences um, are probably pretty deep in terms of certain areas. Uh, it's Christmas time for me, right? Not everyone is celebrating the holiday season that way, but it is for me. And, you know, I'm con I'm looking for holiday gifts and I'm doing an amazing amount of online shopping as a consumer. And my experiences are, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm, my entire world is predicated on being able to communicate digitally in order to be able to, um, to meet that in this COVID environment. Um, I think if you were to translate that over to healthcare, 
um, you would find that today the average member's experience is completely different from what my consumer you know experience has been as far as um, as that's concerned. Um, are we tracking and trending? Um, I think with the the rest of the the world and the rest of the industries. No, we're lagging in the industries, and that's not uncommon for healthcare. It's a really complicated environment and heavily regulated, and it's also very fractured. So it's hard to get everyone to align to a, a common set of standards that makes it easy for us to meet those um, those types of, of of challenges as far as creating that overall framework. But are we actually making progress? Yes, absolutely. And we are seeing uh, that digital first uh, mindset really be set. And I think um, accelerated by the, uh, the COVID-19 experiences that we've all been having, right? As you send everybody home, have everyone working remotely, suddenly the need for you to be able to, to provide those services in a digital uh, fashion, uh, it, it, it takes on a whole different level of importance for your organization as well as for your, uh, as for your members and, and for your, your patients, the, the consumer that you're serving. And so I think that um, we're gonna see an acceleration in the adoption of, of digital communications for, uh, for the healthcare industry um, for the foreseeable future. But again, I, I would say our industry as a whole is lagging in terms of the other markets. Yeah, I mean, and I, I share your sentiment around the holidays and kind of my, my non-healthcare experience and my, <laughs> my healthcare experience <laughs> kind of feels very um, night and day-ish, if you will. But, yeah. uh, um, you know, as you, as you think, you know, when you're talking to some of the customers, because everyone, so, you know, you talk to one customer and they're so unique in terms of where they're at kind of in their growth cycle towards kind of this digital first framework, if you want to call it that, you know, what are some, you know, what are some of the questions you would encourage customers, right? And you can, you know, maybe bucket them by maybe certain, certain lines of business or certain membership sizes, because they're all kind of you know, big, small, medium size. But, you know, if they said, we want to go down this journey, we, you know, where do they start? Like, what kind of questions would you encourage leadership to ask themselves or, you know, some of their direct reports to say, you know, how do we go from a fully paper-based organization to, you know, a digital first organization? I mean, are there are there some things that come to mind? Yeah, I, I think a couple of things. I think the first thing you really have to do is to sort of step, set, take a step back and look at the, um, you know, number one, what is your goal here, right? And and um, and I think that a lot of folks will talk about they want to be a digital first experience. Um, and the question I would pose to them is that really the goal? Is this really all about you know driving driving cost out and really that transformation to digital, or are you really going for something more um, more broad than that, which is really that exceptional customer experience that you're trying to drive for, right? Um, and um, and do you believe that that exceptional customer experience can be had through a digital first journey, or is it really you know that you want to provide that exceptional customer experience, and it need you need to meet that customer where they are in their digital journey in their digital life, right? And so I think that that's the first question: is what is it that you're really trying to do when we talk about digital first? Um, and if you're really thinking about the customer, you know, that that ultimate exceptional customer experience, then I think you you have to take a step back and then say, okay, then what are the assets that you have in place today to be able to 
progress along that that you know that next step in their journey maybe it's today it's all print and you want to be able to do some things for them that might be um, might be reaching out to them with other channels where are you today in in being able to do that do you have a do you have a a comprehensive patient portal or member portal that's already in place that they can come and interact with and what type of of, of access are you getting today from that portal that you've set up right um, do you have a way of capturing their preferences so that you know that um, they want you to communicate with them with via email for this type of communication and they wanted SMS they would rather go to a you know have a chat box than than actually talk to someone or every time they come into your world they want to talk with a human being do you do you have a mechanism for capturing their preferences and then if you've got their preferences holding on to that information and maintaining it and sustaining it you know it's interesting but Today, you know, in the recent poll, it's like less than 30% of the businesses that we have today capture capture their their preferences for their customers, right? And so they're not they're they're just assuming they want to go this way, as opposed to actually, you know, meeting their customers' expectations and meeting their customers where they need to be. So I think first taking stock of what it is you're trying to solve and what it is that you really want to do, and then second, evaluating the current assets you have in place in order to be able to to take some of those those beginning steps towards that transformation for that that customer. And then finally, it's looking at all of your communications that you've got out there and determining, you know, which ones you want to go first with, which ones that you can reach out to that 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 member and share with them, perhaps on a digital on a digital basis, maybe it's through an email framing it in such a way that would encourage them to come to your portal and then having that experience on that portal be one that is engaging enough that it would drive them back to that portal again. You know, fascinating. A couple of things that you mentioned, you know, that got me thinking was, you know, even my own, myself, kind of an incorrect assumption that maybe everybody wants digital communication. I mean, that's, maybe I do, but necessarily, I mean, everyone, I mean, some folks might want everything mailed paper-based. I mean, and if that's their preference, I mean, that's okay, right? But capturing that and not just assuming, you know, is an interesting point. I mean, it's something I really never really considered, you know, you just kind of think that, you know, you want everything to be digital. So, yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, I'll give you an example of a of another industry. We were, I was just having a conversation with with another another company, and they were giving an example where an industry made a a you know a vendor made an assumption that their um, that they would go all digital for their invoicing, right? And um, and they just flipped a switch, you know, and um, and surprisingly, um, you know, after three months, they weren't getting paid. And, you know, their their days of sales outstanding had had increased exponentially. And, um, you know, and it was because, you know, first of all, they hadn't notified the their uh, their constituents that they were going to go to a uh, an email, you know, invoicing scenario. And um, so no one was looking for them. And even if they came in, they often you know don't open the email. So the click rates are pretty low on an email coming in. Um, and so they were failing to get their invoices and therefore failing to get paid. And so, you know, you can't make the assumptions, one, that people, one, want to receive their, you know, their communications digitally. 
you also can't make the assumption that even if they tell you they want it to go that way, that they're going to open it up because, you know, I don't know about you, but I get thousands of emails every day uh, on my personal accounts or hundreds every day on my personal account. And 90% of them are junk mail that's coming through um, and I'm not paying any attention to it. And sometimes you can invoice, you can send me a message several times. Um, one of them is meaningful and the other two is potentially marketing that I'm not interested in. So I think if you think through your digital outreach, it's it's important that, you know, that you, one, manage to what that consumer wants in terms of how they want to be reached. But also think about how you're reaching out to them and how many times you're reaching out to them in the various channels. Um, and is your message going to get lost uh, if you are over communicating uh, versus communicating the essential you know, message that you're wanting to share. Yeah, and you mentioned a good point of the channels, right? Because when you think about the collateral, right, available to, you know, our customers and, you know, other folks we're talking to, I mean, you have traditional mail, you've mentioned email, you've mentioned SMS, um, you know, I'm sure there might be a handful of others that I'm not thinking of, but, you know, there's, you can pull different levers, right? If you want to make a quick kind of informational update maybe you could send an sms if you you know something that's more clinical in nature that could be a traditional mail something educational or action oriented could be an email so you can be really smart it's it feels as though about the time not not just the messaging but how that message is delivered to kind of get the response hopefully get the response or the engagement that you're looking for and so i mean there's different it feels like there's different levers um you know if approached appropriately that you know some 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 customers could take. Would you agree? No, absolutely. And I, you know, and I, and I think as we become more sophisticated in our communications uh, capabilities, overlaying your communications with a degree of uh, information so that that it becomes a personalized communication strategy. Um, so bringing in data, understanding that uh, that customers' preferences and how they communicate, you know, potentially not just in the healthcare industry, but across other industries and segments that you can inform your communication strategy. So it becomes very personalized to the individual. Um, and that's just now beginning, you know, we're just now beginning to evolve our communication strategies along those lines to, to have it really be more of a, uh, you know, of an informed, what I call an informed preferred method of communication so that it's tailored to the individual as opposed to the, to the broader audience, right? And then, you know, once you can get to the point where you're really overlaying it with the data that you have to personalize that communication, that communications in itself becomes much more meaningful uh, to the member and or the consumer. And they, you know, they're more likely to open it up and to really, to really digest it and then to act upon it as appropriately. Certainly, and you, you know, I just even thinking of some, you know, some different roles I've had here at Change Healthcare around, um, you know, closing gaps in care, right? So if you, you know, I know member communication can be a ton of different, um, you know, reasons you're reaching out to a member, but if one of them could be somewhat clinical in nature, you know, you haven't seen, you haven't had your annual wellness visit, you know, we could help you schedule that. You know, if you build out the kind of that personal sh communication strategy you described, you know, one, that's great customer care, right? Because you're providing a high level of service to your member, closing a gap in care. You know what, you know, he or she needs. And number two, there's a financial return, right? Because obviously, you know, within closing that gap, then, you know, there's there's monetary value to that from a, pr a financial perspective. So, yeah, you, know, you kind of think of that. It could be kind of a, 
a win-win-win type of scenario. So, you know. Yeah. I think what can be really compelling is as you think about like today, you know, you you'll send out a bill and in in most cases it'll be a bill or an invoice, right? You'll send out a, an EOB and in most cases it's an EOB. Um, the value as we move towards really managing content and is, and personalizing that communications like what we were talking about is to be able to inform as it's going through and being created that this person based on their their claims information to your point uh, and you've looked at them over the course of their experience of the year the the episodes that they've had is that they're they haven't had a diabetic retinopathy scan this year and they're you know they're a bad diabetic you can insert that message in on that eob you know in a way that catches their eye and draws their attention so it becomes more than just a you know, a, a financial statement for them, it also becomes a reminder of clinical care. And being able to create that, you know, that value for that individual, again, drives them towards, you know, looking at um, at all of the communications that's coming in and thinking about their communications differently and getting them to engage more in their in their care. Um, so I think I think that, you know, as we become more advanced in our communications, um, capabilities and we're able to bring content in, um, you know, we can create that that more holistic view that's tailored to the individual, whether it's helping to create a greater degree of transparency around their financials, helping to create a greater degree of understanding around their health and the steps that they could be proactively taking to better manage that. Um, all of that is, you know, is there um, as we think about these more robust um, I think composition tools that we're now bringing forward into the market to be able to help, you know, drive, uh, drive customer communications. Yeah, well, if you don't have communications, then I guess you really don't have much else, right? I mean, <laughs> 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 I think communications is the enabler for everything that happens, right? I know. It, it certainly, you know. certainly feels that way. Well, well Sally, you know, I, I appreciate taking the time to chat with us today. Uh, for our listeners, don't forget to check out the show notes for links to resources and contact, contact information related to today's show. As part of our series, stay tuned for additional Change Healthcare podcasts. And for more information on member communication offerings and other healthcare IT topics, please visit changehealthcare.com. I'm Philip Cardona, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You've been listening to the Change Healthcare podcast. For more information on this and other healthcare IT topics, please visit changehealthcare.com. Don't forget to check the show notes for useful links to related resources and our contact information. Thanks for listening and have a great day.